Now, Lotta, you, you have a, a really wonderful book, which I haven't read because it's in Dutch, but I love the sound of it. So give us a quick intro to what, to what your book is, and then I heard that you have some good stories for us. Sure, okay. Uh, so yeah, my, my book is called uh, The Nieuwe Kleren van het Ego, in mm. Dutch, which uh, translates to The Ego's New Clothes. Um, and the book is uh, also kind of written like a fairy tale. Uh, it's a fairy tale full of my embarrassing stories. Your embarrassing <laughs> my stories? My personal embarrassing okay. stories. Yeah. And so the book is about uh, how to deal with uh, difficult emotions and mostly how to deal with your ego around the difficult emotions like mm. shame and guilt. There's something so wonderful about sharing the embarrassing things that we've been through um, because you're taking ownership of them, huh? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> so how about we use this forum for both of us, well, you <laughs> particularly, take ownership of some of your embarrassing stories again after the book. Let's, yes. <laughs> Lotta, tell us a story. Okay. So the first story that pops into my head is a, a story of when I was working for a, a big consultancy firm. Mm. And um, it was one of my first jobs and I took it quite seriously, uh, mostly the dress code I took very quite seriously. I thought if I dress, you know, like a professional, like an adult, <laughs> I belong here. Uh, and I was so good at um, maybe bluffing to, to a certain extent <laughs> that I was put in a team full of software engineers as a data expert. Okay. Uh, and I was able to do something in Excel, <laughs> and I was able to do, but I was far from, from being a data expert. Uh, so yeah, I was put in this team and I felt useless, useless every day I went to work. I felt mm. really ashamed um, to the extent that I really couldn't process any new information because I was so scared I would be found out. I did kind of try to position myself in a way that I could do more uh, stakeholder management or because I was more you know, social yeah. than some of my team members. Uh, and my manager saw that and he said, you know what, we have this really great product we've been working on. Uh, and the team had been working on it for a few months and he said, I want to present it to the whole company. Um, so I want to uh, see if we can give this big presentation for, I think it would be over 300 people. Do you want to do that? Do you want to present? So I was wow. like, yeah, absolutely. I thought finally so I can have some value in the team and I can prove myself. So we spend a lot of time prepping and going through all the details of the product. And we, we talked about, you know, we, we practiced all the questions I could get so I could really uh, kind of launched the product uh, for the company um, and we even practiced until late in the evening and then the next day in the morning I would do the presentation uh, give the presentation on a Teams call. Mm, so uh, on, online? Yeah online, we'd be online I practiced in front of the mirror and I was really confident like I'm gonna nail this presentation I'm gonna be uh, yeah I'm really gonna show my value uh, and the Teams call was at 8 30 so I set my alarm I went to bed quite early and then um, the next morning I woke up feeling really well rested and uh, looked at my phone and I saw that I had about 14 WhatsApp messages and 10 missed calls. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. And uh, I looked at the time and it was 9.30. Ouch. <laughs> and I don't know if you know this, this feeling where sometimes you just feel ashamed or you feel guilty, but you feel you there's so there's so nothing you can do anymore that you just feel numb and you just 
kind of don't move and just hope the world will disappear. <laughs> so just go back to bed. Yeah, or stay in bed <laughs> stay in my in case. <laughs> so I felt, I just, I felt so overwhelmed. So the, the, the kind of the one thing I thought of that could save my, my face in this, it, you know, could help me save face in this team was just, it's, it was gone. Uh, 300 plus people had been waiting for me because there was nobody that could take over. So there was just a gap in this, uh, in this meeting. Oof. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's when I really learned about the feeling of, well, of shame and of guilt as well, because I felt like I really let my team down and my manager down. And that same day I had to go into work. I mean, I couldn't just stay in bed. Uh, obviously it was late for work because I woke up at 9.30. And, uh, one of the things I noticed, I went there and I felt so, you know, heavy and so guilty. And so, um, uh, as I noticed, I started telling everybody, I started telling everybody about how I had felt that morning and how I overslept and how I was useless, useless. And, um, and I started telling this story over and over again to people. And at some point I thought, what am I, what am I doing? What's the, <laughs> what is my point? Like, why am I telling everybody that doesn't know? about how useless I am, you know? Um, and I realized that there's, uh, that I was kind of confessing. I was trying to confess my sins in a way. Yeah. Hoping, I don't know what I was hoping for because when people were very positive and they would say, oh, it happens to the best of us, I didn't feel better. So I think hoping for more kind of punishment because I felt I deserve it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's, and that's where that led me to this book and led me to, being very interested in failure and sharing failure is how um, there's this internal drive that a lot of people have, I've noticed, to share their failures. And uh, and when they do, it actually really relieves you from a lot of, uh, it helps you process the, the experience. Um, yeah, so <laughs> maybe a, a lighter, but also embarrassing story. <laughs> yes, please. Um, is from when I was a student, I, um, when was, uh, I used to go to this bar all the time and it was full of these kind of fraternity types of, of, of uh, guys. Uh, and I was, when I was still 19, I was very impressed by that because I was not necessarily the coolest person in high school. So then when they were very I cool... I can't believe that. You must have been <laughs> I know, right? I, I dried up so well. But <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there were all these guys that I considered to be very cool. And one of them showed interest um, uh, in me. So I tried to also be very suave about it and uh, kind of hard <laughs> to get. Uh, and at some point we started talking and um, well, at the end of the night, he walked me home. Uh, I lived very close to the bar. Uh, and as you do when you're 19, you know, or also when you're older, uh, we started making out. And it was, I remember it was really cold outside. It was just, it was freezing and I was just, I was shivering. Um, and yeah, we were making out and he put his very cold hands under my shirt. And I thought, that's a good idea. That's actually very smart because I am very cold right now and he's probably a lot warmer. So I thought I'll do the same thing. I'll follow his lead. <laughs> so, uh, but he was wearing one of these really nice, you know, dress shirts tucked into his uh, trousers. So I thought, okay, I'll just pull it a little bit and then uh, I can uh, put my hands on the, on the shirt and uh, see where the night uh, takes us. <laughs> uh, but I couldn't get it out of, out of his trousers. So I pulled it a few times. Uh, and I thought, oh, you really put it in very deep uh, in the trousers. So I, at some point I thought, you know, this is not working because it was very awkward. We were making out, I was just kind of pulling his shirt all the time. And I thought I'll just give it one really hard 
tuck, you know, the very uh, <laughs> to to just get it out of there, and then we're we're done with this. Uh. And uh, I did, uh, and I tucked it really hard, and then he kind of pulled away from me, and he said, "Those are my underpants." That's kind of when I realized I had been actually pulling on his underpants all this time, and I think he let me until I gave him a full wedgie, and he was just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and the cool thing about stories is, I remember I was I was you know a little tipsy that night, and I I went uh, I went you know I just went inside and I went to bed and I started thinking about it, and then I realized like oh what happened you know I started feeling quite ashamed, and I told a few friends of mine and they thought it was hilarious the day yeah. after, <laughs> so the story kind of started going around because people thought it was such a funny story. My friends gave him the nick nickname Tommy Underpants that that became a thing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they thought it was very funny. And uh, at some point, it kind of the story spread enough that people would sometimes come up to me in a bar and be like, hey, you're the girl from Tommy Underpants. You know? <laughs> and then even years later, I went back to that same bar, I think about three years after I had already left the city yeah. and I wasn't living there anymore. And I came in, uh, <laughs> I came into the bar and I, I just ordered a beer there and I didn't know anybody anymore. And somebody came up to me and they said, Tommy Underpants. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that really shows the power of stories <laughs> and about how they can really resonate with people <laughs> in surprising ways. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The World is Storytelling with me, Ronnie. To support the continuation of The World is Storytelling, follow us, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Buy the book and book yourself an inspirational workshop on how storytelling and the sharing of stories can make the world a better place. Thanks again for listening and have a wonderful, wonderful day.